0: Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Tom's Scostelli joined here today with Dave DeBow. Dave is a professional real estate investor, author, speaker, and capital raising expert, and his company helps real estate entrepreneurs across North America quickly launch their capital raising processes with their proprietary money partner formula. In this episode, Dave breaks down how you can start raising capital from your network to fund your real estate deals and grow your portfolio. Another important aspect of growing your portfolio is making sure you have the right accounting system in place. And while there are plenty of general business accounting software options out there, they're not designed for landlords managing rental properties and can feel clunky and overly complex. Landlord Studio, on the other hand, is designed specifically for do-it-yourself landlords. They offer a full suite of tools designed to help landlords save time with their income and expense tracking, as well as property management tasks like rent collection, rental listings, lease management, and tenant screening. One thing I found particularly impressive was its ability to connect bank accounts to view and reconcile transactions from inside the software. And by using Landlord Studio's mobile app, you can digitize your receipts and the software automatically lifts and imports the receipts details. Landlord Studio is also a great way to stay tax compliant, particularly as they offer a number of different financial reports, including Schedule E where rental properties are reported on your Form 1040. You can learn more about Landlord Studio by heading to www.landlordstudio.com slash CPA. Again, that's landlordstudio.com slash CPA. We'll drop that link in the show notes below, but for now, we'll jump right into today's episode. Dave, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Would you be able to give our listeners a little information on your background and how you got involved in real estate?
2: Oh, thanks a lot, Thomas. Sure. Yeah. I've been around real estate for a long time. In fact, I kind of grew up in a real estate household. The family home was actually one part of a sixplex <laughs> that my grandfather and my father built. And then my mom got into real estate investing way back in the seventies and the eighties. And, you know, as a she and my father divorced and as a single mom raising a snot nosed kid, yours truly, she built up a portfolio of over 50 doors way back when. So I, I didn't pay much attention to it back then, but it was kind of around it. And then I got into real estate investing. In about 2003, yeah, that's right, because I've been living overseas for a while and uh, lived down in San Jose, Costa Rica for 10 years, got married, had kids, decided that once the kids got to be school age to move everybody back to Canada and uh, had to start all over again from scratch. That was in 2003. And I remember seeing one of those late night infomercials. You too can get rich in real estate with little or no money down. I said, that's perfect. That's what I got, little or no money. So I sent away for that course and did a bunch of deals. Eighteen deals in eighteen months was kind of my first little kick at the can, which sounds impressive, Thomas. And a few of those deals were impressive. A lot of them were just junkers or just you know make a couple of thousand bucks here or there. Uh, but it was very very good experience and and kept the lights on. After that, I got involved with an up and coming real estate guru up here in Canada, kind of the Canadian version of Robert Kiyosaki. In fact, we did a lot of dealings with Robert Kiyosaki, had him come speak at our events and all that kind of stuff and helped uh, that guy grow his company. And then I took some time off from real estate investing, got back into it about 2010. And that's when I you know, discovered the whole raising capital thing.
0: Raising capital. I know we'll get into that in, in just yeah. a few minutes. Kind of uh, w- today, what's your investment strategy today? What does it look like as of this point in time?
2: Yeah, well, I realized a while ago, Thomas, I kind of suck as an active investor. <laughs> <laughs> Dealing with tenants and toilets and all that kind of stuff isn't really within my my level of patience. So these days, I'm more of a passive investor, focusing primarily on multifamily properties. I help other investors raise capital for their deals, that sort of thing. So a version of syndication sometimes, that's what I focus on primarily these days.
0: Nice. So kind of uh, before we jump right into that, I do have one question. We pretty much ask a lot of our guests who come on the yeah. show these days, and that's, you know, the real estate market here in the U.S. has kind of went crazy over the last, i say, 18 months or so due to COVID, lack of supply, low interest rates, and just kind of wanted to see if you had a thoughts on, you know, where do you see the market going over the next you know, handful of months or into 2022?
2: You know what, Thomas, <laughs> I'm <laughs> chuckling because when COVID first hit, Everybody is in a panic, you know, up here. Up, I don't know if in the states as well. I would imagine so. But in Canada, everybody was in a panic. I put together a group of eighteen real estate experts, and we did the COVID crisis plan. We did. I did a big webinar. We had uh, we had over four thousand people registered for that webinar. Two thousand people on live, and that was one of the questions I asked everybody: Where do you see the real estate market going with this whole pandemic? And 17 out of the 18 people, myself included, predicted that it was going to go down the tubes. Right? You know, the the economy's shutting down. People are going to be unemployed. Money's going to be tight. Who the heck's going to be buying properties? Well, guess what? We were completely wrong. So, what I've learned to do, Thomas, is not to predict things when it comes to the real estate market, <laughs> because, quite frankly, you know, logic would have said it shouldn't be doing what it's doing right now. So. I don't know. Are we in a bubble? Is it going to burst? I'm not sure. But bottom line is, it really depends on what kind of strategy you're following, what your exit plan is, if you're in short-term or long-term. If you're in it for the long-term, it really doesn't matter that much uh, because it'll all come out in the wash over the next 10 to 15 years anyhow.
0: Couldn't agree more. If you're in it for the long term, you just got to, you know, ultimately, if your cash flow through it, you'll be able to survive and eventually properties will over time appreciate in value and you'll be fine in the long run. So that's a good nugget of wisdom for people out there who are listening, wondering where the market is, including myself. <laughs> so kind of shifting gears a little bit uh, into the capital raising side. So I know you help a lot of real estate investors uh, raise capital. So what type of investors do you work with? Um, I guess it's the first question.
2: Yeah, we work with what I call mom and pop real estate investors who are just getting started with raising capital. So we're not talking about somebody who's doing massive syndications and looking to raise $57 million the day after tomorrow. Yeah. We're talking about you know that guy or that gal or that couple that has a few properties in their portfolio. They've self-financed them so far. They've run out of cash. They've run out of credit. They've hit the wall. And it's like, now what? How do I go about? growing my portfolio using other people's money. So we help them find uh, private money partners and grow their portfolio that way. So that's who we work with.
0: Well, you know, we had a lot of uh, syndicators on the podcast in the past to come on and talk about raising, you know, money for these big deals. And it seems like uh, you more or less help people who are kind of like buying, you know, single family or maybe small multifamily properties. And now they're like, yep. okay, well, I tapped out of all my capital, but how, how do I buy my next property if I, if I don't have any capital left? So could you elaborate a little bit more of how that kind of works or, you know, how, how you help uh, investors take that next step?
2: Yeah. No, it's it's pretty simple. We've, we've, I've created this, what I call my money partner formula. It's five simple steps to get rolling with raising capital. And this can work actually very, very quickly, Thomas. We've had some clients start raising capital within a few weeks of starting the process. Usually though, it's it's going to take somewhere in the range of you know 45 to 90 days to really get everything up and rolling and start uh, seeing those investor meetings come along.
0: We're going to take a quick break to talk about tax-smart investors, but we'll be right back. One of the biggest problems we have in the CPA industry is CPAs are too busy preparing tax returns to ever really provide any planning on how their clients can minimize their taxes, which is often
1: costing their clients a lot of money. And Tom and I have worked with over a thousand real estate investors on tax planning over the past six years. We've saved them millions of dollars in taxes and the reality is is that tax planning especially one-on-one is really expensive. It's not in the budget for all real estate investors. But real estate investors are near and dear to Tom and I's heart. We're real estate investors, our parents are real estate investors. We want to help every single real estate investor out there. So we created taxsmartinvestors.com. There's three subscription tiers. You can get a content subscription tier that gives you access to gated content and we write it in a way that you can digest it But there's also citations that you can go to your own tax preparer and say, wait a second, this is how it's actually supposed to be. And here's the citation. On that content subscription, you also get access to a weekly tax strategy newsletter. On top of that, we also have a subscription that gives you access to our Insiders Facebook group, which just allows closer access to Tom and I and our team of CPAs. You can schedule paid calls with us, and you can get access to our monthly workshops through that subscription tier. And those monthly workshops, we're doing tax planning, financial planning, we're going over accounting strategies and how to automate your systems. And then we have a a top tier. And that
0: top tier, that's really where you get access to us and our team of experienced real estate tax planners. And you could do that through two calls where we'll take a look at your situation and determine what strategies you can use to minimize your taxes based on where you are, where you're looking to go. In addition to that, what a lot of our clients have loved over the years is the ability to send emails where you could send your question and we'll get back to you with an answer within four, eight hours. And you should definitely check that out if you're sending questions to your CPA and they're taking weeks to get back to you, if they ever get back to you, or they're not providing with any planning, we can take a look at your situation and determine what can be done to help you save on taxes.
2: The first step in the five-step process is creating a target group of prospective investors. And when we're working with uh, private clients, we want to get them about 150 to 200 people in that group that we're really going to focus on. Now, they're not all going to become investors. We don't need 150 or 200 investors. But we want to have a target group of people that we can laser focus in on. And that target group is people that are already in what we call your sphere of influence. These are people that you already have a pre-existing Relationship with, right? You know them, they know you. Friends, family members, co workers, business associates, customers, clients, people from your church groups, your civic organizations, supporting groups, you know them and they know you. That is the most uh, logical place for us to start when it comes to raising capital for two reasons, Thomas. Reason number one is logic, right? I see a lot of people out there thinking, you know what? I'll raise capital from anybody and anybody, everybody and anybody with a pulse and a checkbook, right? So they start posting their deals on social media. They start, you know, schmoozing, networking, talking with everybody, turning every conversation into a real estate conversation, and that's a challenge for two reasons. Number one, if we think about it, in order for somebody to uh, invest fifty or hundred thousand dollars with you, chances are they're going to need to know you, like you, and trust you with their money would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. So if we're charging out going after complete strangers, a stranger doesn't know you, they don't like you, and they certainly do not trust you with their money. So it's that's a very difficult thing to do, especially when you're just getting started with raising capital, right? Now, the second big challenge is this pesky little thing that you guys have called the Securities and Exchange Commission, Yes, which we have our own version up here in Canada. So we don't have it any easier than you do. And basically... These regulators say eh, it's illegal for us as mom and pop real estate investors to raise capital from the general public unless we're either licensed to do so, so a stockbroker or mortgage broker, uh, financial planner, these kind of people have licenses and they typically work for big organizations. They can raise money, right? But you and I, we don't. We can get exemptions. We can set up certain corporate structures like I know you help your clients do we can get an offering memorandum, we can do these kinds of things, but they tend to be very, very expensive and onerous processes to go through. So if you're just trying to buy a single family home or a small multi or something like that, it just doesn't make sense financially. So the good news is we are allowed to raise capital from people that we have a close personal or business relationship with. So that's why we want to focus on that sphere of influence. Does that make sense, Thomas? Absolutely. I mean, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first thing we help our clients do is create that list of 150 to 200 people, get it all set up in a CRM system, client relationship management system online, get it set up with an email autoresponder. So we want to be able to automate our communications, systematize the process as much as possible, and just make it a lot more efficient. So that's the first step. Let's get that list put together. Let's get everybody's names and email addresses, and then let's break the ice before we start talking business, right? Mm -hmm. Another big mistake a lot of people make, myself included back in the day, is we charge out like a bull in a china shop saying, hey, it's Dave, I got the deals, hey, you got the cash. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe not quite that bad, but that's the idea, right? And that turns a lot of people off. So you wanna start off on the right foot, you wanna break the ice, you wanna reconnect with people on a personal level before you start talking business. And so what we do for that, Thomas, is we do a very simple little three-step email campaign. Uh, First couple of messages are just kind of warm, fuzzy. Hey, it's Dave. Chances are it's been a while since we connected. Just want to reach out, say hi, reconnect with you, let you know what I've been up to, you know, catch people up on what you've been doing and the family's been doing for the last three, four, five years. And also, I want to see how you're doing as well. So please hit reply to this email. Let's catch up. And you send that out to all 200 people, and then your job is to have a genuine reconnection with those people when they respond. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me. Yeah. So it sets the stage. And then the third message in that little sequence is give people a heads up that you're going to be switching gears. You're going to be starting to talk about what you're up to with real estate. You're doing really well with it. You're very passionate about it. It's a You think it's the best way for everyday folks to make a good return on their money. And who knows, maybe sometime in the future, you might even want to partner with me and share in the profits on a deal. That's what we do to kind of set the stage. And now we're ready to now go out and proactively start marketing. Now, here's the big picture that's important to understand here, Thomas. A couple of things. Number one is my goal for our clients is to have their prospective investors reaching out to them about their deals. So instead of us cold calling, dialing for dollars, doing all that kind of icky salesy type stuff, we're sending out some intelligent marketing edutaining marketing that's getting people to put up their hand and reach out to us already, you know, ideally pre-educated, pre-motivated to a certain extent, pre-qualified and maybe even predisposed to investing with us. So we can just sit down on zoom or face-to-face, show them what we've got and have a great conversation. Does that make sense? That's the goal of this whole process.
0: Yeah, no, it makes total sense. You know, it totally flips the dynamic around of like, Hey, now you're chasing them to kind of their, they're reaching out to you. So it definitely changes. We won't say
2: they're chasing us, but at least they're reaching out to us. That's so much more, that conversation is so much more pleasant, right? So step number one is let's create that target group and let's reconnect with them on the personal level. First step number two is let's make sure we're ready to go with an effective investor presentation when those people do start putting up their hands, right? Because we don't want to be caught with our pants down when somebody says, Hey, Thomas, What's this real estate thing you're doing, man? And you go, ah, <laughs> deer in the headlights, right? So what we always recommend is a really good, well-put-together, simple slide deck presentation, like a PowerPoint or a keynote or Google Slides, whatever that is, that you can walk people through. Now, a couple of notes about this, Tom, it's really important to remember. You and I and many of your followers and your listeners are what I affectionately refer to us as Real estate weirdos. Now don't take offense, right? But you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever talked to somebody outside of real estate about real estate investing, you're starting to talk about ROI and IRs and NOIs and you know <laughs> cap rates and all this yeah. kind of stuff, their eyes are going to glaze over. Yeah. Probably kind of like the layperson when you start explaining, you know, accounting terms and stuff like that. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, yes. So we got to keep that in mind. Our prospective investor is probably not another real estate weirdo. They are a normal human being. So we got to dumb things down. I don't like to use that term. We got to simplify. I like to compare it to Reader's Digest. You remember Reader's Digest, the old magazine? I don't. I don't, but I, I understand now what you, you're saying. You're such a young guy. You would remember. Your parents would remember that. And yeah, Reader's Digest was a magazine, still is around actually, that is written for grownups. However, it is written at a 13-year-old comprehension level. That means any average 13-year-old can open up that magazine, read everything, and understand everything. That's what we want to do with our presentation and all of our marketing as well. We want to keep it super simple. We want to remember that probably the other person that we're presenting to is not super analytical. We want to simplify the language. We don't want to use a bunch of jargon. We want to keep it super simple. Does that make sense, Thomas? A confused mind does not buy. So absolutely it, you're absolutely right. So we want to keep it simple there. So that's step number two. Make sure you're ready to go with a really good investor presentation. And I love those slideshows because they're so versatile. You can meet with somebody at Starbucks, open up your laptop, walk through something. You can jump on Zoom with somebody, share your screen, walk them through the presentation. Very, very versatile. So that's step number two. So we got our target group. Now we've got our presentation. Step number three is we're going to kick things into gear with marketing, and I call this constant, consistent communication. Constant means it's coming out on a regular basis. So if you're going to be doing a monthly electronic newsletter, for example, the third Thursday of every month, come heck or high water, the third Thursday of every month, that sucker is coming out, right? That's that constancy. Consistency is we're always talking about the same thing, right? So for example, uh, Thomas, I know you're into multifamily investing. So if you were doing something like this, you'd be talking about multifamily investing consistently. right? You'd be talking about the target market that you're focusing on consistently. It wouldn't be one time you're talking about multifamily, another time you're talking about self-storage, another time you're talking about flips, another time you're talking about mobile homes. No, you're consistently talking about the same strategy. right? Because otherwise, Jack of all trades, master of none, right? So we want to make sure that we've got that consistent message always coming out. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Now, a couple of notes about the marketing, guys. Really, really important. Edutaining marketing. So again, remembering that whole Reader's Digest idea. We got to keep in mind that the person who's receiving our marketing isn't really into real estate investing, right? They don't want to know every single thing you and I know about doing a real estate deal. They want to know that we know our stuff and they want to get the gist of it. So, to the greatest degree we can, we want to try and make our marketing edutaining, a little bit educational, and hopefully a little bit entertaining. And then here's another key point make sure that you've always got a clear call to action at the end of all of your marketing. Here's the thing the goal of this marketing, Thomas, is not to sell people on your deal. The goal of your marketing is to sell people on booking a meeting with you to find out more about your deals. Does that make sense? You understand the difference there?
0: Yeah, they're just taking the next step of small commitment in the series of hopefully what will be many commitments.
2: Exactly, very, very well said. So that's that's the whole goal there. And as far as frequency of marketing, and you know, a lot of people are freaked out about that, and they, they think, well, I don't wanna overwhelm people with too much marketing, and fair enough. I'm going to recommend you want to be you want to be touching your base at least once a week with this edutaining communication. Everything all of the marketing short and sweet. It's, you know, hopefully somewhat entertaining with that clear call to action. If you get that set up and you get this all set up with an email autoresponder and you set it up so you can set it and forget it, this is what's going to start getting you people reaching out booking the meetings with you, popping up on your calendar, you know, booking through your calendar, all these kinds of things. So this is something that our clients love so much because you know, we can set this and they can forget all about it. We just keep everything running for them. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: no, no, this entire system, it makes sense to me. I mean, I th- and by the way, I think one, one communication a week is, is definitely not gonna overburden people for sure, so.
2: Exactly. So step number four in the five-step process, we're whipping through these suckers, is being seen as a credible real estate authority in the eyes of your target group of investors. So here's the good news, you guys. You don't need to be the next Robert Kiyosaki with a billion seller purple book you know, to, to make this happen. You and I, as mom and pop investors, it's really not that difficult. Here's a statistic I heard a while ago, Thomas. So take it for what it's worth because you've heard about statistics, right? Yeah. But 95% of the general population has never purchased a revenue property before. Your own home does not count as a revenue property. I'm talking about buying an investment property. So if you've even got one successful deal under your belt, you're ahead of 95% of the non-real estate people that you know. It's crazy. It is. It's crazy. So that's great news. That means you don't have to have, because I know you've got people on your podcast that have done a gazillion deals and they've got massive portfolios and people think, well, poor little me, I've got, I've got three houses in my portfolio. How can I possibly compete? We don't need to compete, right? This is the good news. All you need to be is you need to be seen as a real estate expert to your prospective investors. Lots of ways to do this. Uh, a lot of what we talked about already will go a long way to doing that. So having a good-looking investor-focused website, that goes a long way. Sharp-looking materials, that constant consistent communication, the marketing, all of that's going to go a long way. A couple of other, other tips here. When you're meeting with people about investing, dress up a little bit. You don't have to go overboard, but at least business casual, right? Because if you want somebody to invest 50 or 100 grand with you or 200 grand or whatever it is, that's going to give them a little respect. And it's going to get you respect back from them as well, even if you're meeting on Zoom, right? So dress the part, speak knowledgeably and simply about your investment strategy and in the primary market that you're focusing on. Have good looking materials that you can leave behind. Invest a few bucks in really sharp business cards. Don't get the you know, the old dot matrix things that you print at home. <laughs> do these kind of things. And that's going to go a long way to other people seeing you as an authority. If you can possibly get interviewed by smart guys like Thomas on a podcast, that's a fantastic way to be seen as an authority as well. So these are simple things that you can do. Uh, volunteer at your local RIA, right? You don't even have to be the main speaker. If you're just introducing speakers, if you're helping people out, if you get up on stage every once in a while, all of these things go a long way.
0: Yeah. Getting that picture with you with the the microphone in your hand will definitely go a long way in terms of increasing your credibility. I know that I see that all the time. And and every time I see a picture like that, I'm like, wow, they must be doing something. So
2: (laughs) yeah, if you want to get fancy pants, write a book. I mean, that's that's one of the best ways. Why do you think I got 80 of these suckers behind me? It's not because I love writing books. It's because yeah. books are business cards on steroids, for sure. Having a podcast, like your own podcast, I'm sure you've seen this, Thomas, because you've been doing this for a while. People automatically start seeing you as an authority because you're talking to other real estate authorities. It kind of transfers.
0: You know, absolutely. And, you know, one thing people always say, ask, ask about starting a podcast is like, oh, what do you, this doesn't grow to some massive number. And it, sometimes it's not even about that. Sometimes it's just catering to, to your network and your audience and that in and of itself It is enough to kind of boost your credibility for sure.
2: Yeah, definitely. And then last but not least, step number five in the five-step process is once you've got one or two investors on board, you can start the snowball effect. And that is because your investors know other people with money, right? So if you're doing a good job for them and they're happy with how things are going, it's very easy for you to get really warm introductions to their sphere of influence And it's also easy for you to get testimonials, especially video testimonials from these investors, which are absolute gold for putting on your website, for featuring that kind of thing. So that's step number five. Once you've got one or two investors on board, it's easier to get more of them with testimonials and referrals. So that's it in a nutshell, my friend. That's the five-step money partner formula.
0: No, that's awesome. I think that's a great way to raise capital. And, I, and I'm glad you came on and explained that because you know what, I think a lot of people get caught up too much in like that raising capital is only for, you know, these major deals. And that, that's simply not the case. I mean, if you, you could you could raise money on pretty much any deal in some way, shape or form. I know a lot of people who do do that. So I'm glad you came on, you know, kind of explain that. If our listeners wanted to kind of learn more about your process, how you go about doing that, how, how would they be able to do so?
2: Well, we've got a website called moneypartnerformula.com, moneypartnerformula.com. People can go there. We've got some free resources. You can get a complimentary copy of my ebook, The Money Partner Formula, in exchange for your name and your email address. that will get you into our, into our ecosystem. If you want to spend a full day taking a deep dive into this whole process, we do uh, regular virtual workshops on about a monthly basis. You can check that out at the website as well. If you want to book a call one-on-one with yours truly and and talk about your particular situation and how we might be able to help, you can do that as well.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for letting us know. What I'm going to do is going to drop that into the show notes for everybody who is listening. I'm going to go pick up that book as well because you know what? I am a real estate weirdo and I got to, whenever I see something real estate, I got to read it. So um, I'll be adding that to my reading list. Uh, so thanks again for coming on the show today. Is there anything that you would want to, you know, leave any parting words with our audience before we wrap up?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I do, Thomas. And that is, you know what? Raising capital and growing your portfolio is the fastest way to get to where you want to be financially, You guys. I mean, you're actually doing people a disservice by not bringing them on board or letting them know what you're up to with real estate investing. So many of us think that, you know, if we try raising capital, it's going to be like we're, we're salesy or we're manipulative or we're doing something like that. No, that's not what we're talking about here at all. We're talking about educating people about what we're up to with real estate investing and allowing them to make an educated decision as to whether or not they'd like to participate with you, right? Because I don't know about you, Thomas, but I firmly believe that a good real estate deal is the absolute best way for you and I and your followers and and regular folks to get an above average return on our money backed by a solid, tangible, controllable asset I don't know anything else that compares to it. So I think it's our duty to tell more people and get the word out more.
0: I couldn't agree more. And I'll just put in my two cents here because this has been on my mind. It's really hit me over the last like year or so how true this is, that real estate really is one of the best paths to wealth. I mean, if you just look at what's going on with inflation and you look at the rise in housing prices over the last you know 18 months or so, it, it just goes to show that if you had money sitting in cash or sitting even in the stock market, in some cases, you would have done a lot better in real estate, especially over the long haul. So I mean, it's just becoming abundantly clearer and clearer as the years go on. To me, that real estate truly is. It's everything everybody says it is. If you buy it right, you do everything you're supposed to be doing. It, it really is one of the best investments that you could be making. And you know, to Dave's point, if you're doing a great job in real estate, you should be bringing along people. I mean, you're, you really are doing them a disservice by not helping them invest in real estate and realize, all the benefits
2: that come along with it. Well said.
0: Thank you. Thanks again for coming on and uh, looking
2: forward to putting this out there. Thomas, thank you so much and keep rocking it, my friend. I appreciate all that you do.
1: Thanks for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed the show, please find us on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also email us at contact at therealestatecpa.com with any feedback or topic suggestions. We are always taking on new clients and with the new tax laws in play, you really don't want to navigate this alone. Let us help you save money on taxes with your accounting and CFO needs. To become a client, navigate to our client page at realestatecpa.com and fill out a web form with as much detail about your situation as possible. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week.